Gloves that let you climb walls, sniper flutes, magnetic suits, poison rings, contact lens imagers, self-inflating airbags, and a whole lot more. Here we decode the gadgets in Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. This series is serious stuff. Let's go. Hi, this is Dan Silvestri. And Tom Pizzotto. Of SpyMovieNavigator.com and our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Today, we have more Mission Impossible gadgets to decode. Check out our podcast on the gadgets of Mission Impossible 1 through 3. All right, let's go. All right, so Ghost Protocol opens in Budapest and almost instantly has a very cool gadget. We see Agent Hanaway running away from some pursuers. He throws something toward the ground off of a building and jumps off the building. Well, it ended up it was a self-inflating airbag. I don't know how he landed on it and how it got so big for something that started out so small, but it was really cool. Personally, I love the self-inflating airbag device that you could just throw off the roof of a building and jump not to your death, but into the airbag. It's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they've invented this one yet, but I mean, automobile airbags really are kind of a similar device, but smaller. And you don't throw them off of a building and try to land on top of it. No, no, but the concept (laughs) is there. Anyway. That was what impressed me. He hit dead center on that thing. Yeah, you got to be accurate. (laughs) All right. The contact lenses with the heads-up display are also pretty cool, and that's worn by Trevor Hannaway. Yeah, the same agent. Great gadget, and there are companies experimenting with this right now, like Extreme Tech. They have a prototype contact lens that works, but it requires a battery. That's kind of hard to stick in your eye. <laughs> but it's happening, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, now this contact lens thing you're talking about yeah. initially confused me because... After Hanway jumps onto the inflatable bag, he ends up getting killed. Not from the fall, but later. And so we saw him die, and then all of a sudden we're seeing him walking around with this contact lens thing going on. But really what was happening was Agent Carter was relaying how we got there and included the bit about Hanway while he was still alive. Uh, So it was a flashback. It was a flashback. And and. in this scene, his contact lenses are tied to facial recognition software as he's looking for Merrick Stefanski. And I also like the fact that this guy who we don't know, who's an agent, he gets the first two gadgets in the movie. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, that's nice. All right. All right. Now, wait. Now, Hanway gets a third gadget, too, though. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. Right? He spins his ring around, and he takes off the top of the ring, revealing a pin. And he sticks Stefanski's hand with it, disabling him or maybe killing him it might have been killing him now this is very believable they've had similar devices in world war ii i think and really they think some of these oldest poison ring things may date back to ancient asia and india so they surface prominently in western european culture in the middle ages so this one's real this is good yeah absolutely okay so the facial recognition that we see here when agent carter's describing what's going on and He's looking around trying to find Stefanski. Mm -hmm. It's also used when he got killed. So when he got killed, the facial recognition software in his contact lens identified Sabine Moreau. Uh And his phone said assassin, but he didn't get it in time. And she ended up killing him. Now, Sabine was played by Leia Sado prior to her being inspector. And she does some badass fight stuff in here which may have helped her land the role of Madeline. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's good stuff. Okay. So now we get to the tape sequence. <laughs> yeah. And it, there's yeah. this 
old payphone sitting there. I mean, this thing looks so dilapidated, but it, it opens up and you get the device for the tape sequence. So it's a great device to give us the plan when when we, we do that here. I, I really like this device. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, this is the device that fails though, right? He has to smack it or something. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> it doesn't self-destruct. He's walking away. The device yeah. closes, but you don't get the puff of smoke. Yeah. Now he's walking away. Maybe there's a sound that goes with a puff of smoke. I don't know, but he doesn't hear anything and he turns and he realizes that it didn't self-destruct. So he goes over and just smacks it and then it goes poof. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's a nice touch. That's a little different than any of the other ones. So I like yes. that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it added a touch of humor to the tape sequence, which is kind of nice. Yeah. All right. So then we get another really kind of fun device. Agent Carter's using a joystick on the back of a handheld video camera to control a red balloon that has a camera on it. So she's holding a camera looking like a tourist, but she's controlling this balloon with a camera up on top. Again, it's a relatively straightforward yet very efficient gadget. But then there's more to it. She flies it over this like chimney stack at the Kremlin and releases the camera from the balloon. Actually, she pops the balloon and the camera goes falling down into the chimney. And it was more than just a camera that drops down. It has a device on it that can download the disguised Ethan Hunt's information when the security guard checks his ID. So the first Gadgets on Mission Impossible podcast that we did, I mentioned that we'd talk about this device in a second podcast, and this is it. Yeah. This is very similar to what happened in the first Mission Impossible movie when Sarah has to wait to get her fingerprint approved. The software is updating while she's waiting, and Jack's trying to get it all updated. <laughs> and it's very similar to what happened to Ethan Hunt here. Right? He's standing there waiting. Initially, he's denied access, and he's like, try it again because the camera hadn't finished doing whatever download it needed to do. Yeah, yeah. But then, then it opens up the gates and he can get in. Yeah, I like the little tension that creates. It's kind of nice. All right. so but when you've Ethan, already done it. <laughs> yeah, when Ethan and Benji are in the Kremlin, they have to get through this door with a card reader on it. So Ethan pulls out a gadget, and it looks like an iPhone 4 that kind of works like a safe cracker to figure out the proper code that it needs to send to the reader and get the door open. So that's kind of a neat little gadget, but really it looks like an iPhone 4, right? So yep, absolutely. another product placement there. <laughs> yeah. The whole next sequence really is probably my favorite in the movie. First, Benji flips Ethan something that looks like a mobile phone, but it disables a camera. Yeah, so Ethan has a tablet with a camera on an elbow so he can see around the corner. It's yeah, then cool. one of my favorite things happens benji uses his gadget this gadget just i love this thing he uses this gadget to make a sound like dripping water so yeah. it's, it's got like a, fun, uh, a funnel on it almost that shoots the sound and it sounds like dripping water the guard at the end of the hallway looks really confused and he stands up and gets up to investigate what sounds like a leak yeah and, and so when the guard gets up to investigate ethan and benji set up the screen so the, when the guard looks down the hallway, it looks empty. Yeah. But this screen has this camera in it that's monitoring the guard, so it can actually shift its focus based on where the guard is. Yeah. So it looks natural to the guard looking down here. Yeah. That, it's very, very cool. That is great. And that part, really, this whole next part that you're talking about is so Mission Impossible from the TV show <laughs> that I just love. Yes. It. When, when the guard returns, he looks down the hallway, like you're saying, and it looks empty. Because the IMF force is moving a, this large screen, like you said, it's the width of the hallway. It, 
They're moving it closer and closer to the doorway that they need to penetrate. And to the guard, it looks, hey, all is normal. And again, there was this Mission Impossible TV show where they hooked up this device to a camera monitoring the, the hallway, and, and monitoring a room, and the camera was up in the corner. And fundamentally, what it was was a shot of the room on a small screen-like device that they put in front of the camera, again, to look like the room was empty and nothing was going on. So it looked kind of invisible. It's kind of neat because, of course, this film is a much higher tech device than that was used in the TV show. But, you know, with virtual backgrounds and Zoom and chats and Zoom chats and everything else today, hey, this is a pretty believable device, really. I, well, yeah, and we've I talked about a similar process when we were talking about when they're going over the wall at the Vatican. Yeah. Right? Because the... Um, they're doing the same thing where they've got a picture that they're trying to show. The cool thing about this one is that when they're looking down the hallway and you're looking at the camera, the camera is adjusting. So when the guard leaves the room, they move the screen close, yeah. closer to the, where the guard was. Yeah, right. So if the guard saw the screen and it was exactly the same image that they had on it before, it would look wrong. So it actually adjusts the image that they see. And the way they do that is when they move the camera, this camera that's behind the screen... Mm is pointing backwards. So he's seeing the end of the hallway and it's making the adjustment for the distance so that it can, can look correctly. So it takes this picture backwards. So he's seeing a live picture of down the hallway. Yeah. It's just he's seeing it <laughs> without seeing what's happening in front of it. Yeah. And this camera is kind of cool. It like moves around automatically. Yeah, that's and it can, stuff. And it does the facial recognition for the tracking on it. And then Benji does that water click thing again, and the guard goes out, and they move even closer so they can get into the other room. So this is this is a really cool device. Yeah, the whole scene is really good. Again, it's it's very much like the TV show, except this is much higher tech, and really it's the beginning of of stealth technology with the same concept from Star Trek. Really, the cloaking devices to make you invisible. This is the same kind of concept here, and we're seeing it here. It's nice. In Harry Potter, the invisibility yeah. thing, yeah. or yeah. or even in James Bond with the invisible car. Yeah, that, that was a little much. Yeah, uh, but but that's how but that's how this technology that the military is working on. It's using cameras to make you think you're seeing something that you're not seeing. Yeah, yeah. There was a great video I saw once of a Japanese experimenting with this with a cape, and they had cameras on the cape that shot the the back of the cape, what was behind the cape, to the, and projected it on the front of the cape. And it looked completely invisible. Like, yeah. Really cool. The guy looked yep. invisible. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I've seen some pretty cool uh, Halloween costumes, too, with people doing that, where they've got, like, a flexible screen on their <laughs> chest, and they've got a camera in the back, so it looks like you're seeing through them. Oh, that, cool. well, that's good. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> this technology's coming around. I'd give them extra <laughs> candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so let, let's go. let's go back to... They're in the Kremlin, and then they've, they've done their mission. Ethan's leaving because... You know, the, the codes weren't there. So he leaves the Kremlin. He removes his disguise while walking out of the Kremlin. And he takes the Russian jacket and flips it inside out, giving him a very different touristy kind of look. He's put some glasses on. So this whole reversible coat thing, I call a small gadget. So it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's actually a very, very, very cool way to do something. Very, very simple. Yeah, hey, they had reversible jackets in the 1960s. Oh, you get double your money's worth. That was pretty cool. You know, <laughs> turn it inside out, you got another color. That's cool. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so here's another small gadget. When Ethan is handcuffed to the stretcher in the hospital, he grabs a paper clip 
All right, you don't see him do it, but he uses the paperclip to undo the handcuffs and escape. Uh, okay, uh, it's a paperclip. I don't know if that's really a gadget, but what he does with it is pretty cool. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things I like about some of these gadgets because sometimes it's just an everyday. You know, it's like the ballpoint pen undoing the yeah. handcuffs. It's my like guy. <laughs> yeah, take take an everyday thing and make it work for you. Yeah. All right. So then we have to go a little bit further into the movie before we get to the next gadget and. It's a retinal scanner to oh, let like Ethan it. and Brant get onto the train car. They're outside, and the, the train's moving, and Ethan's trying to get his face in the front of it so they can get the scanner to be able to open up the door on the, the train. Yeah. Now, once they get in the car, they meet up with Benji and Carter, and there's a Microsoft Surface-type touchscreen computer that they fold down from the wall. It lays out flat. And it plays a new mission statement for Ethan, although we don't really see the statement. Mm -hmm. And he'd gotten this USB stick from the IMS secretary. And instead of plugging it in, he just sets it on top of this device and it starts reading the USB stick. So it's not, it didn't have to get plugged in for yeah, some so reason. Not necessarily USB then. <laughs> yeah. And there was no self-destruct sequence off the new mission or anything like that. And then there, he goes into another room to make a phone call comes back in and the touch screen's gone yeah it was, pack it away or what i don't know it was it was kind of weird or maybe it's self-destructed i don't know <laughs> yeah right but anyways he he's on <laughs> this phone call and he finds out that he's gonna have to go to dubai all right well, let's go to dubai dubai is fun beautiful all right ethan needs that? to climb out of the window of the burj khalifa to scale up the glass windows to the floor he needs to reach now that's right, the world's tallest stunt. that's the world's tallest building so he's gonna have to scale up glass windows out of the world's tallest building yes yeah. yeah hey tom we're gonna need a uh, laser glass cutter or something here to <laughs> cut out the window when he gets where he needs to be don't we ah uh, you gotta love those right all right oh you know you know i love those glass cutters yeah <laughs> so they've got the glass cutter the glass cutter does its job yeah. we hunt is able to climb outside the building using these glue gloves or whatever yeah. I guess we'll call them glue gloves these are these gloves that are supposed to make you stick to anything and there's some electronic piece to it or something yeah but so he's going out a window with these devices that he looks kind of sketchily at mm. uh, over a hundred floors above the ground yeah a little iffy <laughs> and so ethan doesn't look like he's fully buying it and quite honestly i'm not sure i'm fully buying it it's a great gadget for a spy movie, but it's not really grounded in reality. Well, you know, I loved those gloves, and I thought, man, if anything like that in real life existed, that would be so cool and and uh, <laughs> and just mind blowing. So, but uh, wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. Hang on, send before midnight tonight. All right. So, <laughs> I look. There's this January. 28th, 2016 article called These Gloves Will Let You Climb Walls Like Spider-Man. Yeah, this is a real article. So check that one out. This guy, Michael Grothaus, who wrote it, says that engineers at Stanford University are working on what they call gecko gloves, which will let you do exactly what Tom Cruise was doing in this movie. These pads are composed of 24 tiles, and they actually are engineered to make this work. It somehow distributes your weight equally among the pads so that you can actually pull yourself up and down. It's weird, but the invention may have practical uses in manufacturing and they're even working with NASA. 
So this is kind of cool. And it's, it's also a company called SRI International developing a similar glove. So it's based on electro, theirs is based on electro adhesion. So they're actually doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> this is pretty neat. This is so pretty it, neat. It will be great when they come out with those. But Dan, you know how much I love heights. And if you've listened to our other podcasts, you know how much I love heights. I'm not crawling through a window 100 floors up anything with any kind of glove, no matter how good it's supposed to be. I'm with you on that one. I'm not going out there either. But anyway, <laughs> of course, this was a 2016 article. This movie was 2011. So again, we're seeing stuff on the cutting edge of technology in some of these Mission Impossible movies. Good stuff. All right. Yeah, now, one thing with But anyway, Tom, we could crawl out of our houses and clean our windows with these gloves that we get. (laughs) You can. You can. Not me. Um, But one one thing with this glove is during the stunt, one of the gloves fails, and then the second one actually fails right at the end. Mm -hmm. So we have now a gadget that's supposed to do what they've designed it for. It does it for a while, and then it breaks. And we're going to see a similar trend with these gadgets in this movie. Yeah. Well, you can't let it slip off, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And, and he does lose a glove. But it lost power. <laughs> yeah, the, one of the gloves loses power. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. All right. All right, now let's get back to the contact lenses that do more than just help you see. Brant puts on a pair that will print whatever he's looking at on a very fast printer. Well, it isn't an exact copy, The numbers on his test sheet of paper are scrambled on purpose. Before the big meeting, they changed the code so it will print it exactly. So this is kind of neat, right? You got contact lenses, sending an image to a printer and printing out what you're seeing. That's a nice device. And it's perfect for this scene because they're gonna be in two rooms holding the same meeting, one with fake people on one side of the meeting and the other with fake people on the other side of the meeting. Yeah and they're going to have to share the nuclear codes. And so they need to get the paper to be identical on each side. So it's a neat way to do it. Initially in the movie, they were going to scramble the codes, the nuclear codes. That's why when they do the test, the codes come out scrambled. Yeah. Well, they had to change the software to make it be identical because they decided they needed to actually send the real code. So this was really cool. I really really liked it. There was a lot of creativity behind this one. Yeah, and... Masks. Are masks going to appear in this movie? Yeah, yeah. Masks are back in the movie. The mask machine is in one of these hotel rooms. But like many of the gadgets in this movie, it has a failure. Yet we, yeah. do, we do see the mask later. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it wasn't created with this mask creator that was in the hotel room because yeah. that had a malfunction. Yeah, but I thought it was kind of neat seeing how the masks were made, though. It was, yes. Yeah, that part was, was nice. Yes. All right. Then Benji shows Ethan a device that can track specially coated paper. This will allow them to track the documents. So, and that's going to become more important later in the movie. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of neat. All right. You but it has a limited range. You know, it's one of those where they tell you, oh, this device can do this. And then Ethan asks, well, what's its range? Well, you know, because he asked that question, that's going to be important later. Yeah. Because normally it'd just be, oh, and it can track paper. And you'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, everything <laughs> has a limited range. It's like um, people, yes. you know, advertising uh, 
advertisements say limited supply. Of course it's a limited supply. Nobody has an unlimited <laughs> supply. I mean, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Nothing in life is like that. All right. So here we get Benji using a MacBook Air or product placement. Of course, I got to get that to control the elevator Wistrom gets on. So big deal. Well, no, but it's, again, we're talking about gadgets. It's, this yeah. is some of these gadgets are more important than others. But here we've got you know a computer that he's hacked in somehow to be able to control the elevator. Yeah, all right, he's good at that kind of stuff. And heck, it's uh, the MacBook Air is really not the big uh, gadget here. It's Ben. What ben, Benji can do with a computer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, and that's where throughout this podcast we're cutting down some of these computer and cell phone gadget uses. Yeah. Because is it really a gadget or is it just there's an app that was written that you're able to access? Where does that line get crossed? So you'll see us or you'll hear us in this podcast. You'll hear less and less of, oh, he's got this computer or he's done this on the phone because, yeah, (laughs) in today's day and age, big deal. Now, back when they did this, some of this stuff was a big deal. Yeah. All right. So Benji gets another gadget here. He poses as a room service waiter in local garb. And the outfit is a gadget as it has a fake hand so that he can grab a bag of diamonds. Benji gets all the cool toys. You just talk about how many gadgets has Benji had here in this conversation. Yeah. He's getting a lot of them. He gets good stuff. Yeah. So then, good stuff. And now we have another long break between the gadgets here. But Benji brings out a robot with something floating over it and we'll, that we'll see used later. And what it is, is this magnetic suit that Brant's going to put on. And then he's going to jump into an exhaust duct. Yeah. And so you think, can you, you imagine jump me? jump on that time, you're going to... Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm one not of those ju- jumping in there. I'm not jumping in this. But <laughs> what happens is Benji turns, spins down the turbine that's in this exhaust thing. And Brant's going to jump into the duct. And then this <laughs> magnet thing, which is this robot thing, catches him because he's got this magnet suit on. And then the, as the robot moves, it pulls Brant along with it in the, with him floating above what everything is. Now, yeah. we see something very similar to this in No Time to Die when Valdo has to jump down an elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. And it's the same type of thing where this, it's a whole magnet thing that keeps him from going splat. Yeah. So this magnetic suit, which allows William Brant here to float, it's a great spy movie gadget. But there is technology that exists today that can float objects, some even heavier than a human body. So while it's a fantastic gadget, it really is based mostly really on existing technology. So pretty cool. Absolutely. Oh, there's trains like that that move along with magnets. Yeah. Yeah. So it is pretty cool. Yeah. Now, Hendrix has a large case where he can enter the nuclear codes and launch missiles. So is this like when we hear about the president has the football? Yeah. Is that, that case is kind of like the football. The nuclear football. We call it here. Yeah. Call it. yeah. Yeah. That's the term we use here in the U.S. Yeah. The BMW car is also a nice gadget. It's equipped, of course, with heads-up display, which exists in cars today. So yeah, and, that's and easy. I had I had a car that had a heads-up display years ago. Yeah. It was a Pontiac Bonneville. And it was so funny because the consumer magazines would say, Oh, it's a distraction to have the heads-up display, and now they're becoming more common in cars. Yeah. Now, one thing that I don't think is real is that they were manipulating the screen with their hands. Oh, I don't okay. know of any heads-up display for a car 
that's touchscreen from the windshield, plus the fingerprints <laughs> you would get on your windshield would make it be make it be hard to see at some point. But they there is technology to do gesturing and understanding gesturing. It wasn't back when this movie came out, yeah, really. But and it wasn't inside of the car, but but it was very reminiscent of Tom Cruise's 2002 movie, Minority Report, where he's doing air gestures yeah. nine years before Ghost Protocol, moving files around with his hands and everything yeah. in the air. Yeah, air gesture stuff is around. I mean, Disney has that at, uh, yeah. at Disney World. There's a yeah. one where you could conduct music just moving your right. hands. So it's there. And actually they have keyboards, right, for phones and other things that project the keyboard onto a desk or a table, and you That's can actually true. type. So that's true. I mean, it's the technology is there. So on a car, you're not going to be paying as much attention to your driving if you're you're touching these. Well, things. yeah, and you're <laughs> having to reach forward. It, yeah. it seemed a little weird. It was it looked really cool, but it just seemed a little weird to do in practice. Yeah. All right, the car had other features as well, but when has a car in a spy movie not had some far fetched gadgets and whatever? It has with modifications. With yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's thanks mostly to the James Bond and Ian Productions for all the work they've done on cars from Goldfinger on with the DB5, with all the gadgets and everything else. So we have come to expect high-tech gadgets in every car we see in a spy movie now, which is kind of crazy. But Right, but this is the last gadget we're going to talk about in this movie, so it's kind of a nice one to end this movie with. It is, it is. And uh, we're going to talk to a, an ex-CIA spy and we're going to do a podcast on that and he's going to talk about what's real and what's not what you see in movies versus real spies this is a covert undercover spy for the cia <laughs> that's going to be fun <laughs> it will be that's going to be right. that's going to be awesome all right so now we're going to move on to mission impossible rogue nation 2015 all right so rogue nation has fewer gadgets than the earlier mission impossible movies yeah that said some of them are pretty good in fact, this is a trend that you're going to hear throughout this podcast when we talk about these three movies. They successively get less and less gadgets. Now, part of that's because some of what historically had been done with a gadget is now just done with an app on, the, on a smartphone or on the computer. Or I also think part of it is they're spending their, their thought processes on the stunts. Because yeah. the stunts are getting bigger and wilder. Yeah. And, and, so and it's always the, it's always the conflict in these spy movies where it's the spy stuff versus really turning this into an action adventure movie uh, versus yes. the subtle spy techniques and so on that you know like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy would have and so on. So right. now part of that is they have to because like for you and I Dan I think we like the spy stuff. Yeah. But the big the big bold action movies are what are selling. That's what so people want to see. If you're making a movie you make it a big action movie. Yep, right. And that's what they're doing. All right, so this movie yes. opens with a scene that requires amazing communication technology as people are talking seamlessly and often hands-free from multiple locations around the world. You have, of course, the nonstop, always in communication with each other for the IMF team. Their communication devices are tremendous. And we never see them, really, but yeah. they're, 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 they're constantly... And they never have to charge them. <laughs> not that we see. <laughs> and maybe maybe it's buried in their ears, but very persuasive and always present, their communications. Yeah, and so this communication is important here at the opening because Benji's on the ground, there's an airplane, and Benji has a tablet, 
And the use of this tablet is going to be, if Luther can hack into a Russian satellite, Benji's going to be able to hopefully control the plane. Because there's something on the plane that they want. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, in practice, Luther hacks into the satellite, but Benji can't get into any of the systems on the plane, except for one, we'll find out about in a minute, because they're all encrypted. Yeah. Yet, somehow Cruz gets on the outside of this plane, and Benji's able to open the door. So everything except <laughs> access to the plane, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. It was encrypted. But you want to open the door and get in? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. we'll let you do that. No problem. Yeah. Come on in. Yep. Just knock and first. Then, <laughs> yeah, a- a- absolutely. So then we get on the tape sequence. Yeah. And this one's kind of cool because yeah. Ethan uses his palm print on the turntable to get the mission briefing to appear. So it's kind of cool the way he does this with the turntable. That's pretty easy to believe, right? Palm prints. I mean, you use your fingerprint to unlock your iPhone now. In Die Another Day, Jinx and Bond use Mr. Kill's hand after they've severed it with the laser (laughs) (laughs) to open the door to get out of the geodomes. So, okay, that's believable. Absolutely. Already. Although it's hackable too, because as we've seen, you know, replacement fingerprints. But uh, that's true. In, in other in other spy yeah. movies, yeah, diamond, diamonds are forever. Yeah. Right? So now that die another day that you were talking about. Yeah. So so okay, that's true. And and that terrible Bond movie you were just mentioned <laughs> came out 13 years before Rogue Nation. So the thing. concept of using the handprint or the thumbprint helps here. Yeah. So Hunt gets to play this album, which gives him the briefing. And there's a video playing on the cover of the turntable. So the, the turntable cover flips up. It's a plastic thing. The projector shoots the, the video onto it. it it's it's kind of nice. It's it's Everything's all nice and compact and a very good presentation. But wait, it wasn't his IMF briefing. It was from the syndicate. Uh-oh. <laughs> what about that? So Hunt goes into the hiding. He's monitoring an apartment that the CIA breaks into looking for him. Instead of finding Ethan, they find a Nokia phone, which is having its camera image projected to Ethan, giving us more Nokia product placement, of course, (laughs) in a Mission Impossible movie again. That's kind of, you know, what the hell? You got to get some money. (laughs) But what what cracks me up about this is first, you don't see a model number. You're just seeing the back of the camera. But the phone isn't plugged in. So how long would that phone be sitting on the shelf using the camera and mobile data, which uses a lot of battery, especially back then. And these guys come in and it just happens to be going. Ethan's thousands of miles away, but it's no problem. The camera's going to sit there and have no power to it. Yeah. It's like magic. (laughs) Yeah, it, it It really is. But it looks better without it plugged in. So that's why they show it that way. Yeah. All right, so then we get to what I think is a fun scene, and you can tell me this is a gadget or not, but whatever. So Benji's playing Halo on his Xbox. He's got three (laughs) Dell monitors. He's wearing these really cool Harman Kardon Soho Bluetooth headphones, all really nice technologies, but three product placements in one shot. And then his phone rings, and he answers it, and it's a Cisco phone. So we get a fourth product placement. That's impressive. But the gadget part of this is he sees someone coming down the hallway, hits a keyboard sequence, and everything changes to his computer. It's not really a spy gadget, but it is a cool setup of technology, and it's all doable today. That's very, very believable. 
that he could sit there on his keyboard and say, okay, switch over to my computers instead of the Xbox. Yeah, and, that's fine. I'll go along with that. It's not really a gadget, but hey, it's a nice, cool setup for using yeah. technology. I like it. We'll and let it go. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another technology that happens with Benji here is he gets called in right after this to take a polygraph test for what appears to be the umpteenth time. And he talks about how many times he's done this. Mm. He's got a strap across his chest. There's a laptop computer that's running the software. Based on the battery on the laptop, it is a normal laptop. It looks to me like it's a Lenovo because of the battery that's mm. back there. But there are no markings on the computer to validate that, so they didn't get paid for it. Yeah. But <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> there you go. that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. So again, we've got Benji playing the halo on his xbox yeah. benji is taking a polygraph test yeah, yeah yeah what happens next to benji yeah he goes to the opera house in vienna and as he gets there he puts on some glasses that he was given and of course they have a communication device in them and ethan of starts course. talking to him yeah why not all right this opera scene has a feel of both the opera scene in quantum of solace and the symphony scene in The Man Who Knew Too Much, the 1956 version. It does have some gadgets associated with it. All right. But it's, you know, kind of okay. It's okay. We've seen the glasses and the, the communication stuff a million times already. So Benji has a lockpicking device, though, that we haven't seen before. And that allows him entry into a computer room. The display shows you the Tumblr layout, which is kind of neat. Kind of almost like an x-ray, I guess, right? Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. And Ethan uses it, uh, uses a similar device two minutes later. So Benji opens a control panel, types something into it, and then places a disc with a green light on it. Then he sticks another circle with a green light under his program for the opera, and it turns into a computer monitor. Yeah, what? I don't understand this because there were two different discs. I don't get this either. <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of interesting how his program for the opera turns into this computer. It's kind of weird technology. There's no way it would work, but it kind of looked cool. Yeah, I don't right, know. Now another weird. <laughs> yeah, it was kind. Of, it was kind of weird. Now this other gadget thing is there's flute mm. at the opera house that ends up turning into a high powered rifle. Now, you know something's up because it's a flute with a scope on it. <laughs> but, Most flutes don't have that. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Oh, that's the scope. All right. So, but this is really kind of Bond-like. I mean, if, if we remember the ski pole in the spot who loved me, which fired this large four-pronged dart. Yeah. A neat piece of technology. Believable? Sure. It might not be the best <laughs> classical instrument from a sound perspective. Yeah, yeah, right. Who knows? But we can appreciate its sound beauty as a sniper rifle. <laughs> the goal was for an assassin to shoot the Chancellor of Austria at the long note ending of Nesum Dorma, mm. which is fittingly on the word vincero, which translates to English as I will win. Yeah. Okay. So 1956, <laughs> the man who knew too much. This is very similar to that, right? That's true. They were going to assassinate the prime minister of a foreign country at Royal Albert Hall, and they would do it, the sniper would shoot, right when the cymbals would crash at a particular part of the music that they were playing. Okay, so 1956, we got very similar thing here. So a lot of this stuff, you know, they, they watch and learn. 
from now prior w- one of, yeah. so what was kind of cool was there were three gunmen in the scene but so one had the flute the next one was ethan and then you had ilsa and she had this thing and the, the size of the silencer on her rifle nobody would have heard anything with that thing i mean it was huge but the flute wouldn't have had the silencer so you needed to wait until the big climax in the song just like in the man who knew too much yeah. they didn't have a silencer on that gun yeah. you needed the cymbal crash to take out the sound you know to obfuscate the sound of the gunfire yeah i think assassins should have silencers if they're in uh, public kind of places i mean come on <laughs> you're an assassin for crying out loud invest all right <laughs> Ethan gets into a fight with the henchman and notices a weird contact lens. It's a camera. Oh, my. A camera. (laughs) And a contact lens. (laughs) a contact Mm. lens. Uh, We then cut to Lane, who is watching Ethan on his phone by getting the signal from that contact lens. Contact lenses play a role in multiple Mission Impossible movies, and in this one, the lenses let you scan faces and more. And they transmit those images to a database of some sort, so that you could identify someone. It's, that's a pretty interesting device. Possible? Possible, I suppose. And today, though, Google and others are filing patents for such things. So, who knows? We leave the Opera House. Ethan and Ilsa are in a car being driven by Benji. And Ethan took Ilsa's lipstick case from her, her little lipstick tube. Mm. And when Benji <laughs> looks at it later, he finds there's a USB thumb drive embedded in it. And the drive has a schematic for a skiff or a secure computer facility. And so it's kind of cool the way they've they've done that. Now this facility has some really nice gadgets in it. First, there's a fingerprint reader for entry. Okay. Then there are four separate combination locks. So the a lock picking device that would pick a lock with a key yeah. isn't going to work here. It's a combination lock. So think back to James Bond, yeah, he's got to I... have some kind of a combo lock breaker thing. Sure. And then there's this translucent keyboard on a computer that we see in here. Yeah. It looks like one of those air ones that you're okay, talking yeah. about. All right. Okay. Any masks though, Tom? I mean, come on. Yes, yeah. of course there's a mask. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now the now the thing here is yeah. the mask maker in this movie uses newer technology than what we've seen in the past movies. I actually like the old ones better. Ah, okay. Be- yeah. Because they, you can see what's happening. Now, they're going to take a lot longer, the old ones. Yeah. But you can see what's taking shape easier than what you can see on this newer one. Mm-hmm. And then finally, there's this thing called gait analysis, which Ilsa says is a step beyond facial recognition. Yeah, so, you know, gait, gait analysis, not G-A-T-E, but G-A-I-T, is how a person <laughs> walks, right? It's like, all right, so identifying someone by the way they walk. That's gate analysis. And this is a high-level security system and another sophisticated way of identifying someone, literally, by the way they walk. And yeah, no, it- hang on. Before before you go further then, so if I think about that, if you think about watching somebody, if you're seeing somebody from behind, even if they've lost or gained weight, you may still recognize the person based on how they're walking. Yeah, yeah. But if you think about the movie The Usual Suspects, yeah, right? All of a sudden, at the end of the movie, Verbal changes his gait, yeah. changes his walking pattern, walks away, and nobody can tell it's him. Yeah. It can be fooled. However, you know, Google Mark Nixon and gait identity, he invented such a system back in 2008. Now, this movie that we're talking about here is 2015. And his system works and is able to identify people from over 100 feet away. Of course, 
You need the data first to input into the system before matches can be made, but it's the same for fingerprints and basically anything else. You need a database of something to compare it to, right? You can purchase his book called Human Identification Based on Gate, but it's pretty interesting technology. And yeah, you could fool it if you know there's gate analysis technology watching you, you could probably fool it and walk a different way, but it is another way to identify people. And it's pretty or you could do you could do what they do in a lot of these Mission Impossible movies and just download your fingerprint, your walking gate or whatever, and replace something they've got in their database yeah. so that it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's ways of tricking things. Just yeah. fingerprints and everything else, right? And, and they do ways. that here. Yeah. And they do that here. Yeah. Okay. Now all the while that they're going through while this security system is built. Benji's holding a Microsoft Surface, and the image of this is being projected on a wall. So the gadget that we're seeing here is just the combination of the projector with the with the computer image going up there. And then we have another incident with glass. This time, though, it's not a glass cutter. It's a glass breaker. So normally I get all lit up about the, yeah, laser, yeah, like the laser cutter. Cutters, well, it's cleaner. Yeah, it's yeah. cleaner. It's cleaner. It's quieter. It's a lot less messy. Yeah. And it's maybe less noticeable. But anyway, in the scene where Ilsa and Ethan break into the skiff, Ethan has this gadget he puts on the glass roof, and you hear a noise, and the glass just shatters. I mean, breaks into a billion pieces. Yeah. Okay, it might be an exaggeration, but a lot of pieces. <laughs> a lot. Now, I think this is a sonic device that's using some kind of a high-frequency sound wave to shatter the glass. Yeah. So that's believable, but it would create a big mess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Q came up with a ring like that in one of the yes. Bond movies, right? Hold it, yep. shatters the yep. glass. So, and I think that's exactly what they did here, just with a little bit bigger device. Yeah. So Ethan shoots this dart-type thing uh, on a camera pole, and the camera image changes. So all of this stuff is going on. There's a lot of stuff going on like this. And Benji has a device in his car which jams a signal to keep the guard occupied while Ethan and Ilsa are breaking in. So... Tom mentioned the four combination locks for the security. Benji has a gadget that cracks the code on each of them quickly while projecting the data to his phone. I think Benji should be renamed Inspector Gadget. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, they've done that movie already. <laughs> but, but he has one for just about anything. I mean, I don't know. It's better than Q. I don't know. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, so then Ethan has to go into some water and he's going to stay submerged for a while. So how much oxygen he's going to have is going to be important to them. And it's a pretty neat scene, but there's not a lot of gadgets in this part of the scene. Yeah. However, when he's in the water, he has this monitor on his arm and hand that show him how low his oxygen is. Warning, low oxygen, oxygen, 0%. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it, and it's big enough you could see you can see it easily from the back of the theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's well, really large. <laughs> it's kinda like the, the sound monitor in Mission Impossible One when they're going toast, toast, toast. It's just yeah. this huge thing. Danger, so we, danger, danger. <laughs> so we all get it. Yeah. All, all right. right. So after the skiff break in, then we meet Atley and he's got a device that he set under a newspaper that Elsa puts her USB drive sitting on top of this newspaper, and unbeknownst to her, it deleted the contents of the USB. Big magnet. It's, well, it's, it w looked like a cell phone, okay. and it said, files deleted. So it was kind of, to me, like the technology 
that we saw when Ethan just placed the USB drive on that one device earlier and it read the files from that device. Here, it's deleting files from the device, but it's doing it off of your cell phone with a newspaper in between the USB device and the phone and the USB device is not plugged into anything. It's kind of fascinating to me that they could pull that one off. So a little bit later then, the IMF is trying to confirm the identity of the British Prime Minister Mm -hmm. because he's got a code that they need, so they need to make sure it is the PM. So they use a retinal scanner on him and a palm and fingerprint reader for him Mm -hmm. so they can identify that he is the British PM so they can finish out the mission. And then we get action scene stuff and no more gadgets through the rest of this movie. Yeah, well, that's enough gadgets. Holy God, there's a lot of gadgets in this movie. And those are the ones from Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Let's move on (laughs) to the gadgets in the last Mission Impossible movie we'll do. Mission Impossible Fallout. Here we go. Mission Impossible Fallout 2018 has even fewer gadgets than Rogue Nation. So let's take a quick look. And that's because a lot of these gadgetry stuff that we normally would have seen is done either with a cell phone or a computer, so we're not going to bother talking about that. It's almost like that's no longer a gadget. Yeah, they've used them so often in these movies. All right, so let's start with the tape sequence. Yeah, this thing's pretty cool because this is, he's uh, he's got Homer's The Odyssey book. He opens it up. Inside the book is a reel-to-reel tape recorder or player in this book. And then there's this pinprick thing at the end of it that you can prick your finger on. It takes a drop of blood, confirms your identity that, yes, this is Ethan Hunt, so it can play the mission tape. And a pop-up projector happens, so it projects the image of the video. So this this is pretty basic, but I love the juxtaposition of the old-school reel-to-reel, the pinprick thing, and the projector. So it's, it's just kind of a nice mix of old and new here in the one tape sequence device. Yeah, the pinprick thing identifying you immediately, uh, what's it doing, a DNA analysis? Yikes, that would be a little hard to believe that they could do that instantly, but willing suspension of disbelief, maybe, here we go. <laughs> maybe it's just the blood type, that's easy. Yeah, well, yeah there's <laughs> lots of people with certain blood types. Okay. All right. All right, so <laughs> so we have to go forward into the movie a little bit more, and we see Benji. He's got this thing, this beryllium rod that he uses to test the plutonium. Yeah. It, it looks like an app tied to his phone. It's basic, workable, but he's got this probe that he sticks on the device that they say has the plutonium in it. It makes a sound, so we all believe, yes, this yeah, is plutonium. We have seen this next gadget before in Tomorrow Never Dies, 1997. But heck, you know, why not? Right. Benji has to drive a car to get away from these bad guys. He's able to drive it to where they are standing and even open the door. It's been done before, but it's still kind of a fun stunt. Yeah, but now Benji's controlling this car and it's moving fast and spinning and it doesn't stop right next to them. I mean, if they're being shot at, you would think you'd want this thing to go right next to them. The door would open and block them so they could dive in, but it's not what happened here so it was, it was it was it was interesting how they did the driving of it i'll, I'll put it that way yeah right not all that interesting i don't yeah. think but all right yeah. so dan you're gonna like this next gadget all right yeah yeah, yeah. It, to me it's a gadget <laughs> which is reminiscent of both the tv show and the first mission impossible movie nils de is in this hospital room and they need to get a code from him 
In the last movie, we talked about them needing to get a code from the prime minister. Mm -hmm. Now they've got to get this code from Nils. And they end up making Nils think that he got what he wanted, so he was willing to give up the code. And as soon as he gives off the, up the code and they validate it's real, the walls around the room come down. <laughs> yeah. The hospital room was a gadget. Yeah. It was a fake hospital room. I love that. <laughs> it is. That, to me, is, is Mission Impossible stuff. That's good stuff. It's the stealth part of Mission Impossible that the show was built on. Not that you went in, like Martin Landau said once, we went in, we did it, they didn't even know we were there, we leave, and the mission's done, and they have no idea we were in the, even there most of the time. That's the kind of stealth stuff, and that's what this was. I love it. Great. Well, stuff. yeah, but it, and it was almost identical. I mean, the setting was different, a hospital room versus a hotel room, to what they do in the, mission, the first Mission Impossible movie, right? The walls come down, and boom, the guy was duped, and it was a set. Yeah. And, you know, they call it a setup for a reason. Yeah. Right? So they were on a set. And so that was that was really cool. Yeah. The next gadget's a face scanner that Ethan uses in the bathroom fight scene. Here, Ethan scans the face of the guy he's fighting. It looks like he's doing it to get the model for a mask based on what we see on the computer. Yeah, it looks like it's doing a surface but, imaging and trying to build out what's going to become a mask. Yeah. But it's odd because the guy gets killed. We never see a mask. <laughs> he's he's yeah. long gone in history almost instantly. Yeah. So I didn't exactly understand that, but there's the gadget in it. Is That's what he's doing, we think. <laughs> it's what it uh, looks like. And we have a long time in between gadgets here. There's no, just a lot no. of computer stuff and mobile phones and all that kind of stuff. Throughout it all, the communication system, of course, is top-notch. And we have no idea... <laughs> how it all works but the imf team has something implanted in their ears and it works flawlessly to communicate sound no matter what they're doing where they are in the world whether they're <laughs> running falling fighting <laughs> it's it just it just is perfect it's great stuff <laughs> never really revealed what it is or how they do it <laughs> so come They're on secret agents dan <laughs> it's a secret and the only thing we can't hear from that system is how it works <laughs> all right ethan puts a small black cylinder on a concrete post and you hear an electronic noise kind of like he turned it on or something you don't know what it is or what it's for it could be a camera as ethan looks at his phone and the phone looks like it has some kind of image on it or it's in camera mode or something well, it, you, you all right, I actually think, Dan, it was a camera. Now, Ethan's holding his phone up, and you see an image on there yeah. that I think is coming from that black thing because a little bit later, they're looking at a monitor in a van, and they know the exact instance to pull out and knock this vehicle that had Lane in it okay, into yeah. the river. Okay. So I think that black thing was a camera looking down the the drive that these guys were going to be coming up. Okay. So they knew the instant when to pull out. Okay? All right. So then, so then we start getting into scanners and trackers. So they pull lane, they, they knock this van into the water. They get lane was in the, the truck and they get him out of the water. And then Luther uses a scanner on his neck, which I wasn't exactly sure what, but then they put this patch on it and it, cancels the signal so i think it was a, some kind of a locator device oh another is, locator device in a neck yes exactly okay then later and this is where it gets weird to me then later luther gives ethan a stopwatch and then 
Luther takes this device and he's on the other side of his neck. So in the one thing, they, they put the patch over the left side. Then he's kind of like on the back of the neck with this, this device that every so often the lights would change a little bit between red and green. They stayed red most of the time. And Ethan's got this stopwatch. And then all of a sudden, the Ethan says, we're done here. The lights go green on the locator thing. Extra, it extracts this device out of lane. And... <laughs> Then Benji puts it in a drone and it flies out of the area. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. no hole in the neck when yeah. it gets extracted. It was it was to me it was a very lame way yeah. to get this thing out. Yeah, S- strange scenario. I yeah, yeah. it was confusing. it was a little weird, but it's this whole tracking and scanning that becomes very important in this movie. Yeah. Now, then we get we got to go 15 minutes into this movie more before we get to the next gadget. That's not a phone or a computer. And Huntley tells the team that hunt is really a cover for hunt and a bad guy. Uh, Ethan, I can't remember his name, but he's a, he's a bad guy. Ethan has this device that knocks out Huntley when he's talking. Now he used it from behind. So I couldn't tell if he injected him with something. Yeah. I mean, there was a noise that it made. Yeah, I couldn't tell. exactly tell what this thing was, but all of a sudden, Hunley gets knocked out mm. <laughs> based on this gadget that that uh, that Ethan was using. Yeah. Right. Then Benji gets a lane mask and voice synthesizer. I mean, you have to love the masks. It gets used to great advantage to bring out the mole. Yeah, oh, this is actually a, a really good use of the mask. Yeah. Here. And a little bit later, when Hunley dies, Luther puts something on Ethan's neck to try to get his attention. It seemed like an odd gadget and one of the last gadgets in the movie. Yeah, that one was really weird because Ethan was almost like in a state of shock with Hunley dying. Yeah. And Luther zaps him with this thing, and he, it's like he brought... I don't know if it was like to try to bring him out of a trance or what. It it didn't seem... I mean, he could have just shook him and said, Hey, Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed weird that you'd have a device... Or a gadget for that. Yeah. All right. Benji, of course, has a tracker on Hunt, and he's... Wait, another tracker. <laughs> yeah. And he's guiding Hunt through the city from his computer. Yeah. So we, so we have this other tracker. So yeah. then, when they end up at the camp where the plutonium stuff is, and the bombs are, there are more tracking gadgets to try to find the plutonium. So to me, the trackers are the biggest gadget in this movie. They're used all the time, tracking yeah. people all over the place. So many times that I think they should have called this movie Mission Impossible Tracker, not Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout. <laughs> and there's a lot of these little tracking kind of things that happen inside the the camp. I mean, we're not going to go through all of them. It's no. all pretty much the same type of thing. I think we've gone through a lot of gadgets in Mission Impossible here and Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. And the first three we've done on another podcast, Mission Impossible 1, 2, and 3... Who? We expect the gadgets in Mission Impossible to get better and better, of course, in the future releases of the series. We take At least cruise. I, ho- I hope so, though, because I, I they're using so less and less of them, and I think it's because because of the stunts and the computerization, we're losing some of the. I hope they get more realistic. Yeah, that's and, what I hope. And unique. I don't mind one that's a little bizarre. Yeah. If it's unique. Yeah. So Cruise and Company, they're doing a great job. We tell them, hey, keep it up. It's fantastic. Your Mission Impossible movies really are all entertaining. All right. That's a wrap. <laughs> this has been Dan Silvestri. And Tom Pizzotto. Of SpyMovieNavigator.com. And our show, 
Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Remember, please subscribe to our show right now. Hit that subscribe button. Check out our videos on our Cracking the Code of Spy Movies channel on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, too. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it.